Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, you're going to learn all about Kitsby. And on the podcast today is Amy Shao. She is with me from her car on the way to the distribution center. Like, I mean, it's real time today. Like, things are getting packed, shipped, going out the door, and we get to take some of Amy's time on the way over to talk about her business. Amy, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Justin. So, um, I think to, should I give an introduction to myself? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Tell tell us about who you are, and then I, I want to hear about your background and what you were doing before launching the business. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Amy, and I'm the founder of Kitsby, which is a culinary kit company. We love to specialize in Asian American flavors, and my background actually was in real estate. But we started we started Kitsby about six years ago. So crazy. All right. So you, and you've been doing this six years. It's so amazing. Um, can't even wait to dive in. So where did the idea come from and why in this space? Like in the food space, there's many different places you could play. How'd you decide this is going to be yours? Yeah, it's actually really funny. I was um, actually stuck in Massachusetts about six years ago in a snowstorm and we didn't have that many ingredients. So we tried to go to the grocery store to purchase ingredients to make a miso caramel apple pie, something a little bit ethnic, but at the same time, pretty um, common in terms of local ingredients. So once we got there, we had to buy at least $70 worth of grocery items just to make this one apple pie. And lo and behold, at the checkout, there was an apple pie on sale for $6.99. (laughs) Why not just buy that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's crazy. We thought that, like, yeah. I love it. So then what? So you you see there's an opportunity, right? And so what was the first step to go, you know, I think I could do something about this. Yeah, so we saw that there's a lot of opportunity here because there are a lot of people out there who are kind of intimidated by baking, cooking, especially with ethnic flavors. So we wanted to make it super easy for people, taking out all of the tedious steps like measuring ingredients and um, kind of just add making sure that everyone's having the most fun baking with all the pleasures that come with baking. So the mixing, the um, kind of like following instructions, baking it, smelling it in the oven. Um, we wanted to make sure all of those steps are still included in, in, in all of our kids. I love that. Okay. So uh, really, really cool. You want to make it simple for people to be able to make products that they want to make with, with the ingredients that they may not know they need or like how much of whatever to need. So, so what was the first step to putting together like the first product or two? What did that look like? Yeah, it actually started out in my studio apartment in New York City. So I was packing flour. I had my brother and his girlfriend helping as well, packing chocolate chips. And at, at one time, it looked like a factory with everybody with hairnets. But then we would transition over and I would probably have to um, pack everything up and sleep in the same space. So we started out with two specific kits. The first one being a chocolate truffle trio kit where we learn or teach people how to make chocolate truffles, three different varieties. And then our second one was our matcha cream puff kit. Wow. Okay. And did you pack them yourselves or did you get 
a, a, like a, I hate to say co-packer, but you know, someone like that to help you put together something that looked presentable? What did that look like? Yeah. So of course, the first kits, the prototypes, we had to pack ourselves. Right. Of course. Um, and <laughs> While I was doing the proof of concept, I was definitely packing by myself. However, as we got, we, we grew, as we became a little bit more stable in terms of concept, we ended up opening our own facility or fulfillment packaging center where we would manufacture and package and fulfill and send all the packages out. Wow. Okay. All right. Cool. So uh, obviously your business has grown. So who was your initial target audience and how did you start to get the word out? I mean, how did you know there was even an audience for this? Yeah. So our initial audience was typically the millennial who, you know, has small kitchen, doesn't necessarily have a lot of the ingredients or baking um, materials that you might need to create a recipe in their household and wants to do it just like a one-time fun thing with their friends and family. That's great. Okay. Well, I love that. And um, did you know it was going to work when you started? Like, did you get some early feedback or what did that look like early, early days? Um, The early days, it was actually incredibly tough. It was actually during the pandemic when we skyrocketed, when everybody was trying to learn how to bake. Um, Everyone's spending a lot more (laughs) time in the kitchen (laughs) and creating sourdough loaves, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I'm sure that was explosive for you guys. So, um, so you get started kind of at your at your home, and then you expand from there. Um, were you selling direct to consumer, or were you delivering product to retail stores early days? What did that look like? Yes. So we decided to sell direct to consumer at first because the kits were a little bit more bulky. We prepackage and pre-measure all of our ingredients, so they're not necessarily in a very small package, or it's not really a mix where everything's mixed together. So you have a you have the education component and you have the cultural component. We wanted to make sure that the ingredients really shined because we wanted everybody to be use, using extremely. Um, accessible ingredients that are local and uh, all natural, but then also add with the cultural ingredients that are really hard to find that we source from those individual countries. Wow. I love that. Um, There's so many great flavors here. Uh, The coconut and peanut mochi ball kit. Did I say that right? Mochi? Mochi? I should say it. Yeah, I love that. The the cream puff kit. I mean, like, there's some amazing kits here. I mean, how have you decided what to put in your product line? Um, Because you've got a good variety now. Yeah, so we... It was actually quite interesting. I love the recipe and development. Right. uh, Oh, my God. Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream puff. Oh, my God. Sucker doodle s'mores. (laughs) Yum. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So everything is essentially based off of my nostalgia growing up. What I loved... I love Oreos. I love s'mores. But I also grew up with matcha and peanut kinako. So um, it's a hybrid of East and West flavors together. Got it. I think that's super important in our brand identity just because I wanted to make sure that people were able to experience what third wave culture would would be like. For us, it's Asian American culture. But for other people, it might be, you know, Indian American or Swedish American. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. It's some really cool and interesting flavors. Uh, how did you get the word out though? It's one. So you got products. Yeah, I see an idea. I've made a product. I've got you know even capacity to make more product. But how do you get the word out? It, and and how did you get the, the message out about what you got and get people interested? So how we actually got the word out was we opened up our first brick and mortar store in 2019, and currently it's still open. It's it's a bar in Williamsburg. 
If you're ever in the neighborhood, feel free to drop by. We serve really awesome afternoon tea, and we are most well known for our lava cakes. But we kind of tell the story there. That's actually really, really cool. I love that. And then, as I mentioned when we kicked off, you've been doing this now for a couple of years. So um, you're not early days. Well, maybe you are a bit early days. Like, What's growth look look like? And you mentioned during pandemic, things really skyrocketed. But what's it looked like as we come out and then we're back into open stores and whatnot? Yeah. So we are, we've always been DC. We are looking to expand into retail distribution. So uh, we actually expanded one warehouse to two warehouses. And we now have a baking studio as well in Times Square where we teach in-person classes. Wow. Where in Times Square? Where do people find you? Yeah, it's 47th Street and 8th Avenue. We have classes that are available online. We typically host them like once or twice a week. And um, a really fun experience, whether you're looking for like a fun date night experience or just girls night out. That's really cool. Love that. Um, very, very cool. Okay, so as you look ahead next 6 to 12 months and you think about your growth and 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 growing the business, what does that look like for you? Is it adding more um, mixes? Is it our new products? Or is it expanding into new geographies or adding like going after more consumers? What does that look like? Uh, yeah, so we are looking into expanding more of our cookie and brownie mixes right now. Um, we're super excited about that line just because we want to break into retail distribution. And we think that there's something to offer here because they're not your traditional chocolate chip cookie mix or vanilla cupcake mix. They are, you know, a matcha brownie mix or a mochi brownie mix. Right. It's so cool. I, like I said, the flavors you have on your site here are just amazing. Um, I, I always like to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. Uh, you've, Like I said, you've been doing the five or six years now. Like, What would be two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to other entrepreneurs that are listening? We've got a ton that listen to our show, um, in the, especially in the food space. So what would be two or three things you would offer that you've, you've learned or, or things you've had to overcome? Um, the first lesson I learned from COVID, it's basically you have to pivot whenever you can and make sure that you are running all of your products or just your business in general with a profit-driven margin instead of um, looking to expand and reaching more customers and purely focusing on revenue. That's a good one. All right. So that's one. What would be a second? So with whatever product or business you have in mind, the most important part is building a core team. Someone who believes in the mission and strategy that you are out to accomplish someone, uh, people who are like-minded and will go to the ends of the earth to fight with you in this entrepreneurship battle. And that's not easy, right? I mean, unless it's a good friend, even good friends and family don't always work out to be the best coworkers. So how have you figured that out? We, I mean, as all entrepreneurs do, we learn by doing. And I believe that we have had Lots of people come in and out. We've learned so much, especially in the retail industry, where we are working with people who are might be younger, like with fresh ideas, but um, try, learning a lot about what's worth giving up equity for and who it, who is worth giving up equity for was majority of the battle. Got it. Makes sense. 
Uh, very, very cool. Excited for you guys. Like, uh, even though you're a couple years in, you've got so much growth potential in front of you. Um, you've been, you've thrown around a couple of, hey, come see us here, there, and everywhere. But I want to make sure we get that all centered here at the end of our um, interview. Share with our audience where they could find you, connect with you, buy products, so both online and visit you in your stores. Yeah, you can visit us online at kidsby.com. Definitely come check us out at our dessert bar and follow us on Instagram at the kidsby. Love it. So kitsby.com, you can go to their dessert bar at 186 Grand Street in Brooklyn. Uh, you can visit Kitsby at Chelsea Market, 75 Ninth Avenue. Um, and it's really cool. So you can check all this out on their website, though. Um, Amy, so great to have you with us. Um, we can't wait to have you back down the road. Excited for where you are. Like I said, I really think you found an interesting niche here um, in terms of your product mix, no pun intended, and can't wait to see where it goes for you. You got to come back down on down the road, though. Thank you so much, Justin. It was a pleasure. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.